Corso and Catone. I, 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 listen, Mark, listen, hold on. When I say, who'd you have, caffeine today? What the hell is that up to Presented by Special Sauce Podcast, Studio 42 Design, and Corso Law Group. Now for the real deal, New England feel, Corso and Catone. Welcome into Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. I'm Corso. That's Catone. Joe's in the booth, and uh, you're watching us on YouTube, listening on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, or hey, wherever you podcast. And check us out on Twitter. Of course, our heated hotline, 855-313-PATS. Give us a call 24-7. Leave us a message. Have a take mark. There's been some real good ones. Uh, oh, we got we've had some good ones the last couple. I loved last week's. I know, fantastic. So let's see if this week tops that one, and let let's get your takes on this, and let yours be the one we choose. So eight five five three one three seven two eight seven. Got a great one today. In weekly rewind, we're going to be talking Bruins and Celtics playoff series. Of course, Catone's comments always entertaining. Stick around for that, and we're going to hear from one of you in our heated hotline later on in the show. And hey. Yankees versus Red Sox is back. Yeah. Absolutely. So, gentlemen, how we had? Good week. Nice week. Everybody good? Oh, oh yeah. Good. Good, Mark, good. nice and calm. Oh, you know. I'm always calm. <laughs> and, and, and listen, are we gearing up for Mother's Day? Are we, you know, gentlemen, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Getting everything squared away? Yeah. Hey, listen, you got to take care of the, all the mothers out there. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that had a little tone of sarcasm yeah. there, Mark. You know, that. I hope your mother's not listening to this. Hey, you know what? The least you can do for her is shave whatever the hell it is you got on your face right now. I Joe, don't know what that is. Oh, Joe, nice. <laughs> Joe, he's jealous. He can't He can't grow facial hair. He's jealous. <laughs> Look like a werewolf, you know? Patches all over the place. You, you, know, know, and, you know, don't call I me almost, patches. You didn't notice it. It blended in with the shirt. It's because it's white. Yeah. I don't know how you can. Yeah, it's complete white. I don't know. You know, did you dye it that color? Or is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, hopefully you guys do the right thing for Mother's oh. Day. But uh, for us today, we want to talk Celtics. We want to talk Bruins. We want to talk playoffs. And let's do it in Weekly Rewind right now. Okay, so listen, the Celtics are now in round two against Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they are now going to be traveling on the road. It's The series is 1-1. Real lackluster uh, game one, it seemed, uh, from them. We're going to we're going to talk all about that. But now they're heading into game three, two, one, one in the series. And I think we, we got to break this down because, uh, Mark, Game one to game two, much different. I mean, what are you seeing right now? Well, first of all, I think in game one, I, I think they were a little shocked. I, even though they played him in the regular season, I, I just, I, I, I think they were a little bit shocked at, at the fact that Lopez is like a, he's just like a tree trunk. You can't, yeah. you can't move him out of there. You, 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 the drive to the basket is almost impossible because I mean, yeah, Giannis has a lot of length, but this you can't move Lopez, so he's just there, right? And and I think rather than trying to move the ball and use your athleticism to get inside in that first game, they just decided well, we're going to shoot fifty threes. You can't win shoot fifty threes. Well, and of course they didn't. They, they couldn't hit even a quarter of them. They got slaughtered because they what did they hit? Uh, they hit more threes than twos, but they took fifty of them. It was just it was just a you know a crazy game. It was pretty much the opposite of what they had done since January. Is what they did in that game. It was like they forgot what they were doing. You know what I mean? It seemed. Nah, you know, it seemed to me though, like. Brooklyn didn't give them enough. So like well, then Brooklyn just you know that Brooklyn, Brooklyn, was horrible. Brooklyn laid Brooklyn basically laid down. There was no physicality given to us yeah. by Brooklyn. They didn't bring yeah. that. So it was kind of like Boston just pushed them yeah. all over the court yeah. and they just weren't ready. Like they, you know, they they will come and now you come in against the Bucks, who I was saying, I said to you all, well, yeah, they're the most professional team left in the playoffs, you know. And so they come in and they get physical, Lopez, and even you know, even other guys, Holiday, he was getting pretty physical. Um, Giannis is always that way. 
And I, yeah, right, Mark. I don't think they were ready. I don't no. think they were prepared I, I don't for think, that. I don't think they were ready. Because you but, see the difference between game one and game two. But uh, but in game talking. two, in game two, they still took a lot of three-pointers, okay? What, yeah. I mean, how I many you got the stats. How I many? What, what did they take? Well, for, so, I know they shot over 40%, but what, how, what did they take for three-pointers? So like Mark said, they took 50 in game one. They took more threes than twos in both games. Okay. okay. And so uh, they took 50 in game one, and I think they took 40, no, about 40, maybe a little less than that, right around there, 40, 42. So that's higher than their average. They, in game one, the, the percentage wasn't very good. But game two, uh, like Mark's talking about, the first quarter, they shot 75% from three-point wow. land. Wow. Second, Yeah, for the first half, it was 65%. But then you saw it drop. So they finished the game – um uh 40 46% i want to say 46% for the game so now that's you know that's lights out shooting you is shoot that sustainable 40. though no can you win do okay so can you win doing that in a six or seven game series against this team i don't know i i personally i i would probably say no but i don't know what do you think do you think they can win uh, that way and for six can they sustain that over six or seven games well the, here's the thing i mean they shoot during the season they shot about 35 percent, something like that yeah. from three points so even if you bring it up to 37 40 42 percent is a that's a great that's a huge number which is really what they're going to have to do can they do it is it possible you know traditional thinking will tell you no it's not possible to shoot lights out like that especially when you have to go on the road and you don't have that juice from the crowd you don't have that you know that feeling and you just you're just going you're strong your momentum your adrenaline so no i think it's hard to but, sustain but by losing by losing game 1 you're going to have to steal a game because otherwise, like you said, the adrenaline's going at home. You, you get a bump from the crowd. Maybe you can shoot that high at home. On the road, you're going to have to play a different type of a game to steal a game. But the reality is you've got to steal a game right. in Milwaukee or you don't come home for game no, seven. That's it. You lost home court now. So You lost home court, so yeah, you have to steal a game. Yeah, and I think that's what Milwaukee's game plan is. That's what they're going to do. I mean, they're going to give you, they're going to give you the three-pointer. That's yeah. it. They're not going to allow anything to pay. Mark, they've been, it's hard to get in. It's hard to they get got to the, the rim. They've got the bodies in there to, to do that, right? they got the bodies to do that. Let, beat us from outside because you can't get inside on us. And, and they got the bodies to play that game. Yeah, that's their game. You, you, there's no, Tatum can't get to the rim. Brown's having trouble getting to the rim. So now it's a situation where you got Hawford on the outside. Hawford's sitting around the, 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 the. Now, the now, now Williams had a great game. Well, so talking, talking about Williams, two, right? on both sides, I mean, the, the, so, you know, he was he was shooting lights out. And when he gets in that corner, he, shoots that, that, he gets in set up in that corner, he's lethal. Just to I clarify, mean, we're not talking about Robert Williams. No, we're talking about Grant Williams. Grant Williams, and he, okay, uh, let's clarify. I think he was shoot. I think he shot for the game in, uh, from three-point land. I think he was like 40, I think he was over 40% too. Yeah, he which, was, I think he You was. know, but I mean, you can't. I don't. You, you, no matter who it is, I don't think you're going to sustain that. Reggie Miller's not sustaining that. You know, Curry can't sometimes can sustain that. Kind I will of tell you this: that they're going to need, I believe, to win to, to, to steal a game in Milwaukee. Though you're going to need either Horford or Grant Williams, Pritchard. You're going to need somebody to have an exceptional game. You're right. Mm -hmm. Maybe Pritchard, like he did in Brooklyn. Maybe Pritchard comes off the bench and gives you, you know, 13, 14 unexpected points. Somebody's going to have to come through besides Tatum and Brown. And the you know, I'll throw it maybe even smart in there. Someone else is going to have to come through, other than those guys, I believe, to steal a game on the road. Yeah, know? no, I agree. I think I, mean, this, I think the series is going to go seven. I'm going to be honest with you. Now that they lost one at home, now I think that they so lost too. one at home, I think it's going seven. And I'm going to tell you this: that whole thing about before the series started, and all of a sudden they said, well, you know. Uh, Middleton's out for the series. You know, he's out for this series. He, you know, maybe he'll be eligible next series. Okay, fine. Yeah. That's what they said. Now, last night I said to, um, on the phone to you, I said, listen, don't fool yourself. With the space in between these games, if this goes seven, don't be surprised if Middleton's on the court. All of a sudden today, they say, well, Middleton's been ruled out of games three and four. I thought yeah. he ruled out of the series. Now they're going game by game because I'm telling you, if he can give, if he's seventy percent, 
they're going to roll him out in game seven. Maybe he can hit a couple of shots for them on the road. That's what they're thinking, right? Yeah. So you're going to have to really step your game up. You can't count on lights out from three-point line. You have to figure out a way to get points closer in. Well, they, it's the inside out. Now, what they did to me, what they did different in game two was you saw a lot more ball movement. See, in game one, it, it was reverting back to what you saw earlier in the season. Yes. Dribble up, get maybe a get maybe a screen, find your shot, yep. fall away, something like that. Not a lot of in and out. And you saw a difference in, in game two. But, but yeah, the three-point was the big thing. And, and, and the defense, Mark. The, the defense, defense is going to have to do it because you're going to get easy points off of the, the steals and the rebounds, right? They, yeah, so they don't have it. to go inside. You can jump out. And get fast breaks going, right? Right. Yeah, and we've said it all. We've said it all season long. Defense travels. Okay, yeah. so road on the road, home, whatever. Their defense is so good. And you look at the point totals. You know, holding holding Milwaukee to 100 points, 101 first game, and the second game, what were they in the, 80, in the high 80s, 90s, yeah. something like that. Yep. So that's a damn good job with, with guys like that. And what they're doing to Giannis. So we we talked about Durant in the first series, and we and you had said, well. He's missing a lot of easy shots too, you know. Yeah, he's turning the ball, he's kicking off, but now they're starting to do some of that to 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 Giannis. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're pushing him around. Grant Williams, man, was a bull. He couldn't he couldn't run him down. Now I'm pretty sure that if I'm the coach over there, I'm saying to Giannis, hey, you're gonna let Al Horford, you know, because Al Horford pushed him around a little at the top of that at the three at the uh, follow Horford, line. Horford's played great the whole playoff. Right. You're gonna let a 35, 36, you're gonna be 36, I think, next next month. You're gonna let a 36-year-old so. guy who's kind of a mid-tier player do this to you, let alone Grant Williams, who's got what three inches? He's got three inches on yeah, Williams. Yeah, he's so, got at least three inches on Williams. So they're doing a good job on Giannis right now. To hold him to 24 points in game one, okay. And he had a triple double, I get it, but 24 points, and then in game two, I can't I don't, I don't remember his point total, but it wasn't it wasn't a lot. You know, no, we only not. had maybe 24 in game two, maybe something like right. that. It wasn't a so lot. They can keep that up. And Marcus Smart didn't even play in game two. So their defense is going to even get better. But you can expect in game three, the first game at home. Oh, they're going to come out. They're going to come out. Is gonna, they, he ain't scoring 24 points. No, they're going to come out. They're going to come out with a sense of urgency and energy. And you're going to have to withstand that early push because they may get up 10 15 on you early and you're going to have to try to bounce back. You know, it's how do you see the uh, rest of the series going then? You said seven. You think you think Boston wins that seventh game at home? Yes, I think Boston wins game seven at home. I think it'll be close. I think I think Boston wins game seven at home. And and I will make a prediction. I think Boston is going to steal game three. Oh, I hope so because that's the game where if Giannis is going to go off, that's the one. They're going to steal game three because if Giannis goes off and Milwaukee wins big game three, you're going to have a problem in game four. Yeah. Right? You may go down 3-1. Game three is the game. You got to come out, take that best punch early, and you got to steal it. Yeah, because you're going to get that punch too. Oh, you're going to get it. You're absolutely going to get it. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens there. But in turning, you know, we're not going to spend as much time on these guys because they are just so damn disappointing. That being the Boston Bruins, who... Oh, you got to love the Bruins. They're down 0-2 in the series. And I think both games were, what, 5-2? I think both of them. Yeah, they, but the first game, the they were more competitive in the first game than the second game, I thought. Well, you know, it was 17 minutes left, yeah. and it was a one-goal game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what's what's interesting? I mean, they, well, Mark, what are the issues with this team? Why is it all oh, two? First of all, we talked about this for the last two years. The physicality is they, they, they can't match the other team's physicality, right? They they, they, they they can't push anybody out from in front of the net. They can't establish themselves in front of the net. I mean, um, Hall calls out basically calls the yeah. team out after game one saying, you know, we're getting shots, but we can't, we can't get, we can't get the second shot. We can't get the rebound. Like basically saying we can't get position in front of the net. Basically he called them out. So they can't get position in front of the net. And, and they, their, their power play is, yeah. a, Oh my God, it's embarrassing how they're trying to work. The, they can't even get into the zone to get a shot off on the power play. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's embarrassing. And last night you want to talk about physicality, let home, Gets a guy who's gets having a, a bad series. Bad series. Guy gives him a shot. Helmet falls off. He looks at him. He picks his helmet up, and like 
Get, whack them. Go at them. Do yeah, something. Is, Show something. Show that's something. That's been a problem all season long with these yeah. guys. And then at the long. end of the first period, I don't know if you caught it, when um, Carolina, there was a little bit of uh, – Drawing back and forth, and, and and Carolina's guys kind of get a little physical with them. Well, now the the Bruins tried to respond at the end of the period before they went off the ice. Yeah, and they but got two penalties. They got two penalties. <laughs> yeah, but but they really didn't respond. Like there was nobody there to lay the hammer down and stop punching somebody in the face. Like they were dancing with them. Like it was dancing with the stars. I mean, yep. what are you kidding me? Really, lay and somebody it, out on the ice. Yeah, but they have nobody like, that can do that. Nobody. A team like Carolina exposes that we, we, this has been a problem all season long the physicality the defense is atrocious oh okay after the first two guys and the one of the top two is Lindholm who's not having a good series no. look that's been an issue with them it's been exposed now in this series this is probably the worst matchup they could have had but to your point with Hall I have no problem you know Hall calls calls out the defense but mainly Grizzlick I mean Grizzlick pinches in he pitches yeah. in that zone with seven around 17 minutes like I said they're down one goal, and and off they come. He, he pitches in the ball, the the ball, the puck gets turned over, and out comes Carolina with that speed, and boom! Now they're up two yeah. goals. Yep. That's a stupid ass play. I mean, you can't, you can't because you might have had a chance to steal that first game. Exactly, and if that happens, now it's one one. You're coming home. Maybe you got a chance, but again, these are the issues. That physicality on defense, again. Not being in front of them. When you talk about out shooting them in game one, they outshot them 37 to 25. They lost five to two. Okay. I mean, look, just, uh, and that's something else Hall said. Just because we're getting shots doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything, Mark. The problem is they don't, they're not getting anybody in front. There's no screens. There's no pressure there. There's nothing. There's no moving guys out. So how the hell, you can, you can put a hundred shots on goal. You get the last time you've looks. seen a, it's, When's the last time you've seen a Bruins player in front of the net to your point redirecting it, it, the puck? It, it, all series has been an all all season. That's been an issue. That's been an issue. And again, the power play. I mean, the power play was bad coming into the series. It was bad that last what 10 games of the season. Yeah. It was yeah. horrendous. It was bad. And because Mark, they changed it earlier in the year. All right. You had some guys in there that could that could dump the puck in. And you'd go in and chase. Then what they've done now is they put a lot of a lot of skill guys in now. You know they put a lot of guys, the finesse guys in, and they're trying to get Pasternak to carry that puck in. And it's just he's a turnover machine on the blue line. He's playing. Bad. So yeah, I mean, it, it, instead he needs to set up on that corner and just one time, one time, and one time, and that's his thing on the power play. And so the power play's been atrocious because of that. Yeah, and and, and you know what, their, their top line. And, and this seems like a pattern with them whenever they get into the playoffs. This is like two years in a row. The yep. top line, are they tired? Did they play too many minutes during the regular season? I don't know. But the top line has nothing. Like, they're not giving you any juice at all. Nothing. And and, and to, you need them to perform, especially right. against a team like this. And the top line's giving you nothing. Nothing at all. And Bergeron's losing face-offs. Yeah. He's losing faith. He's like 35% on face-offs right now. That's not his game. So... And let me ask you this: Would you have switched goalies for Game Two? No, to try to give you a spark. No, and you know why? Because nope. I don't. I don't see a problem with Omak. He let okay. look in Game One. There was one bad goal, one soft goal I saw. Otherwise, he's he's as far down on the list as you can get to me as the issue right okay. now. They're not helping. I don't think he's going to play in Game Three, though. Well, I mean, I, I okay, Cassidy's going to. I mean, he's desperate right now. He's yeah. grasping at straws. There's nothing there to grasp. But I don't think Omak's the issue. I don't. No, I think the I agree with you. And the defense that 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 second six and now seven because Lindholm's playing like crap. That's the issue. So, Mark, any chance? Is there any chance for these guys? I don't believe so because I mean th this team has dominated them all year. All year this team has dominated them. So I I, I don't see how the Bruins are going to win this series. I I, I didn't, no I I don't think so. I think this will be a quick series. And, and and it'll be over. And then you've got a lot of things to look at for next year. I mean, Sweeney is on an expiring contract. Don't know if they'll re you resign him or not. Um, I, I wouldn't, but who knows? Bergeron is, you know, they don't know if he'll be back. So you've got a lot of, a lot of questions agreed. about this team if they're one and done, which I, I think they're going to be one and done. And I'm going to tell you something else. And, and, and yes, I, he he's better than Claude Cassidy. Right? He's better than Claude was, I think. 
because towards the end of his, his tenure here, Claude kind of gets stale. But it doesn't seem to me that Cassidy can make adjustments in game. His adjustments come in between games, but right. in the middle of a game, if something's not war- if something's not working, or if the other team's doing something that you can't stop. He don't know how he can't adjust mid game to to do something or to change his scheme or to do yeah. something to stop that. It, it it doesn't seem like he can do that. I well, never say, especially I'd say the last 25, 30 games, I haven't seen it at all. Well, this is why, see, this is the reason why you probably look to Sweeney more than Cassidy to start with, because to his defense, okay, there's not a hell of a lot there. There's not a hell of a lot there you can do. What are you going to do with that defense? Those that those top six defensive guys, switching them around. I mean, they're they're bad, and that's a that's a personnel issue. That's yeah. a player personnel issue. So I and we talked about that, that going into the you trade know? deadline. Can you do enough to get this team over the hump? And we thought maybe with Lindholm and and some of the little moves they made, we thought, hey, let's see, maybe maybe that that's the difference. But the like you said, Lindholm's playing awful. In this series, he's giving you nothing. Well, let's see what happens. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm with you, Mark. I don't see this thing going very much further. Uh, but the Celtics, let's see. So, want to hear from you in heated hotline? Leave us a message. Let us know what you think. You think Bruins got a chance? You think the Celtics are going to come out in this series? How many games do you think it'll go? Make sure you give us a call. And uh, weekly rewind was presented by Special Sauce Podcast. What's your special sauce? SpecialSaucePodcast.com. When we come back, buckle up. Catone's comments is next. So after this NFL draft, I started thinking, okay, so I mean, I know we're going to debate this a little bit later in the show, but who made these draft picks? Was it Belichick? Was it grow? How did they come up with this cast of characters? Okay. So I've been doing some research this week and I'm so sick. I am so sick of this analytics nonsense in all sports. It started with baseball. They're taking the joy out of watching a baseball game. I just want to, I want to be able to go to the park, have a cold beer, get a box of Cracker Jacks and stuff my face and not watch guys with notebooks. Oh, he threw 63 pitches. Let's go get the pitcher out. He hasn't given up a hit. Oh, we're going to pull him because my book says that you're going to switch pitches because this guy's left-handed and and, and he's got three eyebrows. So this guy's going to be able to pitch to him better than the guy who hasn't given up a hit in five innings. You bring him in, he gives up a home run. Why? Because the book told you that you're going to make that change. Maybe you should look with your own eyes, understand and feel the game, and see what's going on in front of you before you go do that. The Red Sox did it this week. They, they had a, a guy that was pitching phenomenal for five innings. They take him out, bring the next guy in, he gives up a home run. Are you kidding me? Why? Because the book told you he's only going five innings. That's such horse shit. Horse shit is what that is. That ain't managing. You could put any dummy. Siri could do that. Siri. Yeah, you could plug in numbers to Siri. When you take the picture out, Siri will take the picture out. Very simple. It's 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 so frustrating and aggravating that I, I can't take it. Now, in football, they got this relative athletic score. What the hell is a relative athletic score? <laughs> so they look at all these numbers you put up at the scouting combine. Okay? They look at your, your 40. They look at your broad jump. They look at your three-cone drill. They look at the size of your arms. They, 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 they put everything together in some kind of formula, and they come up with a relative athletic score. The, the, imbecile, Al, the imbecile Grow brings this up. Our new player personnel guy brings this up in his press conference. He's talking about the relative athletic score and the athleticism of of Strange and the two Joneses, the two cornerbacks, and Thornton. Now, you know for a fact, 
Belichick's not looking at no relative athletic score. He, he'll, he'll look at you and say, what the hell? Belichick's looking at a goddamn old school video, and he's saying, yeah, this guy, he, he, he can function. He's got functional football in him. He can play, right? He, he athletic scores. Strange, I have my theory is strange was Belichick's pick. Those other two or three guys, I think, yeah, I, I think they did collaborate. I think he said, okay, Bill, I'm talking to Kraft. Belichick told Kraft, okay, we'll collaborate. What does he want? And I think Gro had input into some of those other picks because of this, this nonsense, this analytical nonsense that they're now bringing even into football to draft guys. It's insanity. I'm so sick of analytics and numbers. You're ruining sports. You're ruining sports is what you're doing. By do because you're taking the mind and the feel and and and, and the in the moment out of not only coaching but the sport itself. It's 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 you're ruining sports with this nonsense. And I've I've had enough. I've had enough. <laughs> That's well, it. That's he's it. had enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Enough. I like. You know what? I like that little tagline, Mark. You should put it on a shirt. I've had enough. <laughs> you don't think that this analytics now? Is yeah. Listen. Um, what the hell is relative athletic score? But I, I don't know. But I do have a quick question for you. Um, do you really have joy in anything? Though I mean, you said you're taking the joy out of things. I mean, is there really any joy in anything? I mean, you experience that, or you know. Doesn't seem like Joe. I mean, of course I do. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. This so Joy enjoys complaining about it, but I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. Look, here's the thing, okay? <clears throat> and I think you see it in baseball more than anything. When you talk about the NFL, it pissed me off to no end what I what you were watching about the I, the analytics of going for it on fourth down. I mean, oh my God. Like that jackass moron from the Chargers. The Chargers. Can you? I mean, he, had, he lost. He went. He went to his book, and he kept doing that against the Chiefs, not because he thought it was a good I mean, idea, because that's what the book told him to do. Right. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, they they went for it on fourth down in one game. I think like four in a row. Now you're right. You you were you're right. You coach. You were head coach, right? Yeah. Are you going by the book? No, on every down, every down. I don't even know where that book is. I've never even seen that book. No, you don't go for it on fourth down. You see what the feel of the game is. You see how the teams, you know, how things are going. What's working for you? Is short yardage working? Is it a short yardage fourth down? Time, time on the clock, point in the game, score. You know, that's the crap I'm looking at. Not like, you know, how are our guys? How's the crowd? How's that affecting us? It's going to be a false start, we think. You know, all that stuff should go into it versus, um, let's see. The book told us to go for it on fourth down 16 times in a row, and we lost the game. <laughs> and it pisses people. It pisses the players off, too, Mark. Oh, you think it, happens it has to. has to. Do you think it happens more in baseball than anything else, though? Oh, no, it does happen more in baseball. But if my point is, when I heard Gro's comments this week, I, I had to bring it up today because it it, it it's creeping into football, yeah. And 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 you it, football you I I get analytics. You know you you're analyzing certain situations. You know down and distance and all that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's part of the game. In well, but that's analyzing game. by feel. Yeah, I you get know. that. But now to bring all this other crap in, it, yeah. it then you can't bring that into football. It's not coaching. No, it's not coaching anymore. I mean, well, so what's it take to be a good coach now? I don't, well, I don't have to worry about game management anymore. Well, that's – in football, at least, Listen, like – you watch a Red Sox game, and half the game, Core is in the binder. What the hell are you doing? He's got the binder right next to him. What the hell are you doing? Or his assistant, his bench manager, is, is in the binder, feeding him right. information. <laughs> are you kidding me? Well, you know what's funny, Mark, you say about Cora – the guy that we've given so much crap to, and we're going to get to talk about this later on, but the guy we've given so much crap to for the last several years doesn't use it. Who is that we're talking about? Our buddy Boone. Boone. He Yankees don't use manager. it. No, no, he doesn't use it, you know? And they got the best record in baseball right now. Let's see if so, they get Hey, made. let's see what happens. Yeah. But it's made. But listen, but it, it, it's driving me out of my mind. When I heard that this week, I, I went berserk. Berserk. Relative athletic score. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't know. There's that. no way Belichick is is, is Belichick's not using no relative athletic score. So if that's what they're using, 
then then Gro made those picks, some of those picks. Belichick's using his dog picks. Nike to yeah. make the picks. Yeah. That's who that's who he's using. But yeah. uh but I still stand on my original thought here, which is I don't really believe you have joy, you know, that you this joy that you that taken away from you. I don't know, Joe. You know, I, <laughs> listen. I, you know anyway, <laughs> have you seen that at all? Is there any evidence of that in your experience? No, of course. Listen, joy, joy, what joy, joy is uh, overrated. <laughs> overrated. Joyce, right? Mark, Mark, well, you know what? Let, let's let's go to eat online on that. Listen, uh, Katon's <laughs> comments was good stuff, Mark. Seriously, we we both, I think, we all agree and. Uh, There's so much more to talk about with that subject because it's ridiculous. It is. it is, but I think everybody in the nation agrees with you on that too. It irritates the uh, the average fan. So Catone's comments was presented by Jag Media Productions, and as promised, we're going to hear from you in the nation. One of you. Let's see who won that show. Heated hotline, Joe. Hey guys, this is Shay from Bristol, and I don't really know what you guys are talking about. I think the Patriots had an absolutely phenomenal draft class. They got more athletic, and they filled up some holes that they needed everywhere. You know, I think we're in this for a very shocking season this year. So let's go, baby. Go ahead, Mark. You go. Wow. Let's see the joy you have in that oh, call. <laughs> first of all, Joe, I think he was one of those. What did you say? Generation Z, X, Y. What are they called, Joe? Millennials. Millennials. I, millennials. I don't know what they are. Right? Generation A. I don't freaking know. Right? Yeah, Chris, he thinks they had a phenomenal draft. I don't know. I, you know. Well, listen. Jay, well, first, thank you for the, thank you for the call, you know. But <laughs> no, thank you for the call. We're glad we got people coming in disagreeing with this, right? Yeah, that's 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 what we're here for. That's what we're here that's for. What but listen, hotline's all about. Man. But listen, what it is. he's a you can tell that kid's an analytics guy. Yeah, right. But listen, I will say this. I'm going to say this. Well, you know, I may save this for the second half when we get into more of the real deal. But I will say this: if they did draft some athletes in their defense, right? I think Thornton is an athlete. The kid from Houston is an athlete. I think the running back is an athlete. What is that? I think Strange for his position is an athlete. What does that mean? I don't know, but but they are. Listen, we both agreed that they had to get faster at the skilled positions, more athletic, right? We did agree to that at the bit before the draft, didn't we? I'm just listening to you kiss the caller's ass right now. I'm That's not all kissing I'm the doing. caller's ass. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm, I'm just, asking you. You know. Did we not say that they needed to get more athletic before the draft? Yeah, they did. Okay. They absolutely didn't need to get, but they got. They needed to get more athletic with guys that like can play football at the NFL level that okay. we know is possible to do. Like, for example, guys like Pindall, guys like Nakobe, Dean, guys like that play for Alabama, Georgia, Pickens, Sky Moore, guys that play for real teams that went against real corners, real, real wideouts, real defensive, offensive lines, professional teams. Yeah, athletes like that. Strange out of Chattanooga. Yeah, that doesn't, Shay, that doesn't check the box for me, man. It doesn't check the box. Maybe in the third, maybe in the third round, that checks it for me. Fine. Okay, fine. You could be could be good with that. Thornton? Yeah, great. Two point four point two. Excellent. That's great. Sky Moore, we don't want you. We don't want you, Pickens. You played against too good. The talent you played against was too good. Too good. So let's take Thornton there. And the same is same with uh Jones, the two Jones brothers. Oh, the character guy. To say nothing about the running back. And the and the quarterback, I'm like, good God. Well, the quarterback, I don't understand what that quarterback was. I don't know where they came up with that first. I have no clue. And then they signed then they signed an undrafted free free agent who's another quarterback who they're gonna intend to use him as a a utility guy, like a utility infielder in baseball. Yeah, King is his name. And he can play. This guy played six years. Well, Strange played six. You, know what you like the six-year guys. We took all six-year guys. These guys are all veterans. They got maybe two years left, and they got to, They won't even fulfill their rookie contracts. Hey, you talk about my, the hair on my chin. They're as gray as me. Uh, These it, guys. 
So Shay, we Shay from Bristol, we appreciate that call, but I don't know what you're looking at right now. Okay. Now listen, you come back. You come back and like we'll even give you week four, week five. Next and if season. these guys are stars or they're really producing, you come on and you're gonna say, Chris, you're you're a piece of fool. S H I D and full of it. Right. Yeah, listen, again, you know, for Mother's Day, Mark's not saying the word, which is No, really I'm nice. being good. You know, that's really nice. I but no, yeah, come back on. Listen. In fact, we'll even put you on. You don't even have to call Heated Hotline. We'll bring you on live on the post-game show, and you can tear our asses apart, okay? okay. Yeah. But I'm, and I hope you're wrong, Shay. I hope we're wrong, okay? I hope we're wrong, but. Hey, I got it. I got it. We're going to do. I Here's what I challenge him. Hmm. If they play well. Our goal next year is we're going to do a live. We're going to go live from, from Gillette House. Stadium. We're going to go live. Live from Lake Tahoe. Yes. Right? <laughs> we're going to go live from Gillette Stadium next year. And when we do, we're bringing him on live from Gillette. And we're going to have him tell us that we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, you can, and Shay, you know what? You could come on and you could put a big donkey's ass right in front of my face, you know, when Strange becomes a pro bowler next season. But look, uh, I hope listen, you're right. Jay, here's the thing. Okay, honestly, all kidding aside, look, Mark's right. These guys are good at, these guys are athletes, but you gave up. You know, you gave up so damn much, you know. Um, you, you, you're, you're taking, it's a dartboard, the draft. That's what you got to look at it like. So your best thoughts are like six inches away and you're hitting the bullseye right from there. That's a first round pick. As you go further in the rounds, it's further out and you're throwing dots from back here. You basically took your best dot and you gave it to a guy that you could have used back here and, and found anywhere on the board. That's our big, big problem, you know? So to me, again, that's it, you know? So so, so needless to say, we disagree with the call. Listen, I, I understand where he's coming from. I don't agree with them. Unlike you. You 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 don't think there's anything that the caller said. That you're going to take correct. that. You're going to take the guy from Chattanooga and no, the no, freaking 29 no. pick in the draft. Oh, they got everything they needed. Listen, I said to you, I am going to say that the caller in one respect is correct. They did draft guys that are probably more athletic than what we have currently on the roster. I'm not saying I agree with him that we're all set and we did a great job. We did it. Right, I, and, and we'll, I'll get into that in 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 you know the next segment. But I don't say with Yankees Red Sox. What are you talking about? What next segment? <laughs> We're gonna talk about the Patriots later. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? I, I think that's what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Look, you know, again, we're right. They got some of these guys are pretty good. Um, listen, I think. Listen, go look at some tape. You're, you're the offensive guy, defense. You're the quarterback guy. Go look at some tape because I think this kid from Houston can be a player. Honestly, I do. I told you that last week. What and I think, and be. I think this kid Thornton is better than we're giving him credit for. If you go watch tape, and I'm going to get into that. Later, I, I think Ty, he's better. In Tyree, uh, other than Tyreek Hill, no fastest wide that. receiver coming out has ever been good. Okay. I don't, and it isn't I about agree. that. It's about who else was there. Yeah, and where you took them. They're, you know, everybody else, I think, stinks. I, I'm so gonna yes, be honest. They got they, they they fill positions of need. Okay, in guards, the wrong guys. But that was self inflicted. They're the, they're the reason why they needed guards. Because they screwed up the, the the players they had in house, right. so again, Shay, we we appreciate the call, Shay from Bristol. Remember, man, we're inviting you on the show six months from now or four months, whatever the hell it is, when the Pats are playing and these guys hopefully are on the field or getting redshirted. We'll, we'll see. But Mark, real quick, since yeah. we're talking, because Joe, for some reason, Mark seems to think that we're going to be talking about the Patriots again in the show, which we're not. But anyway. <laughs> Hey, you guys talk about whatever you want, you know? <laughs> no, no well, rules here. What did you make about T Tannehill comes out, uh, Ryan Tannehill, who's the quarterback for Tennessee. Tennessee drafts a quarterback, Willis, okay? Yeah. The highly touted one in this draft, which isn't saying much. But they draft him, and he comes out and basically said, it's not my job to mentor. It's not my job to teach quarterbacks. What do you think? 
Well, he's that's being a real good teammate, right? So that 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 rookie is gonna feel real comfortable walking in that quarterback room, and, right? I mean, come on. I mean, even even Kurt Warner, who who you coached with last year, right, yeah. out in Arizona, made a comment like, "Listen, if if you need some some mentoring and you need some assistance, DM me, and 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 I'll be glad to talk to you." Like he basically called Tannehill a jerk. Right for making the comment. I mean, listen, did Tom Brady meant to? He Jimmy says Garoppolo? that now. Water says that now. You think that was really what was going on? And when Trent Green came behind him in 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 with the with the Rams, nah, bullshit. He, he, he you know he's sitting there going, screw this. Especially with the Giants. Remember? But go ahead. Listen, do you think Brady was 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 uh, mentoring Garoppolo? No. But he didn't come out publicly. The issue was you don't come out publicly and make a dumbass statement like that. You don't want to mentor the kid. You don't have to mentor the kid. But don't make that kind of don't make the comment publicly. I mean, come I, on. Yeah, but wasn't he? If he's responding to a question, hey, look, you're, you're talking. I, I'm. I completely disagree. I couldn't disagree with you more on this. All right. Look, we're professionals. I, if especially if I'm asked a question as a quarterback, you know, what do you think about the pick? I'll tell you well, then I they should have said to him, you suck. Why do you suck? I'll tell, I'll that's what they should have asked him because well, he stinks. Okay, that's a di- but that's a different issue. But if he they're stinks. telling me about – I look, I, it isn't his job. That's not his job. Screw that kid. You kid coming in. Did anybody help me? No. Sink or swim, kid. This is a job. This is not like, you know, when uh, we're in college. I don't, I don't, I don't, this yeah, is my yeah. job. This is my uh, livelihood. This is how uh, I put bread on the table. Uh, this is mine. You come uh, and take it from me. I'm not helping you. Screw uh, that. You know, but. yeah, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that philosophy. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. Not the way, the way he walk. said it publicly. I still, I, he didn't say that behind closed doors. He can say, "Kids swim on your own." I just don't yeah. think you say it publicly. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Hey, I well, agree with you. He, you know, the fact that he said that publicly that mean, must mean that he's a little, um, you know, he's a little shaken by it because he's not playing well. No, he, he's, he's not, not worth the money they paid him. We never no, thought he was anyway, no. Tannehill. Listen, he said that he was deeply hurt by that playoff loss, and he went and got counseling yeah. for it. So, you know, obviously he knows that he 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 needs to make some adjustments and get better, yeah, right? Counseling. He needs counseling from Wayne Newton out in Vegas. <laughs> like the like the Wayne Newton. Listen, Wayne Newton. Wait, I don't know if anybody saw Wayne Newton at the NFL draft. Oh. It was in Vegas. Vegas is beautiful. They they should have that was the, the draft. Best ever had it. They should have the draft in Vegas, like they used to have it in New York for twenty years. They had it in yeah. New York. Forget moving from place to place. It should just live in Vegas for, for eternity, right? Because that was unbelievable. Oh, but fantastic! You have to tell our viewers and our listeners about Wayne Newton. Before we move on, you well, have to, here's what's funny. And I'm going to cue this up for you. Yeah. So I'm on the phone with him. He's complaining about a, a pick. Obviously, he's not, he ain't calling to be happy. He's complaining, right? No and joy. Says, no joy. No joy. And he says, did you see Wayne Newton's interview? I said, what the hell are you talking about, Wayne Newton? He said, Adrian Wolf was interviewing Wayne Newton, right? And I said, how the hell am I watching Andrea Wolf interview Wayne Newton? Tell them what he said. Yeah, no, it was Melissa Stock, right? Oh, yeah. Was it Melissa Stock? I thought it was Andrea Wolf. Right, so she's over there on the red car. And as soon as I said that, started talking about it, he came walking out on the stage to the pick. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's being interviewed by Melissa Stock. And now you're talking about sports people that are interviewing Vegas entertainers. You you can't be more a Vegas entertainer who's been on the strip for seventy years since right? it began. Yeah. Since it began, okay. Yeah. And they, you can't be polar or more polar opposite situation. Yeah. So she's interviewing him, and I know we're, go, we're we're getting into Yankee Red Sox with, but so he, she's talking to him, whatever they're talking about, and he's just smiling at her, and he says, uh, "It reminded me of the Joe the Joe name at Susie Culver interview." He turns to her and he says. That's a beautiful dress you're wearing," he said. "That's a bit. That's me. That's Wayne Newton. That's Vegas." Then, no, but then, but then, Namath says, "Can I kiss you?" Oh, that was Namath. Yeah, he went off the rails there. But then Wayne Newton comes out to make the pick. Who would he? Who would he come out with? He came out with somebody good. Somebody. He good. came out with Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen, right? It was the Raiders' pick. So here yeah. comes Wayne Newton and Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen was just like, leave it to him, man. He wasn't even getting. Yeah, but what did he tell Melissa Stock? 
That's it. He was talking to her about his what he's doing out there. It's great to be here. It's great to see you. There was a guy on his on, on his on his left part of the interview. He didn't even look at him. He didn't even bother with him. He was just all about observing. <laughs> so now he's making it. Now he comes out. So for the now pick. he's going to do the pick. Okay. So out comes here because it's Vegas. It's home, home turf. Out come the Raiders cheerleaders, about four of them, and they're standing behind these two, Marcus Allen and Wayne Newton. And all he, he could, his he was breaking his neck, turning around like this, turning around like this, constantly just looking at the cheerleaders, right? And so they make the pick. First, not only he makes the pick. The guy's out of Memphis, okay? The pick he made's out of Memphis. He said, so-and-so from Mississippi. Because he's from Mississippi. Then he turns around. He's got the card in his hand. Now he's got his back to the crowd, and he's talking to the cheerleaders now. He's like, hey, ladies, here we are. You look great. You're looking good. Off we go. I mean, that there you go. It's Vegas. I agree. That's why it should be there every single oh, year. Oh, it was a, it was the it was I couldn't stop laughing. I was I was in tears laughing. You had to you gotta go Google it. And I, I was in tears. Rich Eisen said, Well, he's from Memphis, but it, it, it was a, yeah. it was a, it was probably one of the, the best moment of the draft, in my opinion. So the draft Listen, needs to live in Vegas. It does, absolutely. So, Shay from Bristol, we appreciate that call. Heated Hotline was presented by Corso Law Group, Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. CorsoLawGroup.com, allow us to be your voice. When we come back, we're going to talk Yankees versus Red Sox right after this. that time again for a timeout for a message from one of our sponsors. No one ever thinks they will be in the need of a criminal or traffic lawyer, but things happen. Corso Law Group is Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. Their 20 plus years experience and attention to detail has helped thousands of people all across this great country who found themselves in a situation in Arizona. So whether it's a traffic ticket or if you need to reduce DUI or more serious issues, call or go online to CorsoLawGroup.com and talk these expert attorneys who I know will help you. Back in with more Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. And it's been a while, right, Mark? It's been a little bit, a little time, but uh, it's back. Yankees versus Red Sox. Joe, let's have it. Yankees. Red Sox. Yeah, the showdown. Here we go. Here we go. So listen, let's start. Let's start off with the Yankees because best record in baseball, right? Yep. Last twelve games, they're eleven and one. They broke their last night. I think uh, down the night they broke that ten grand. Yeah, the other night they, they, they lost. So but... out, of the, out of that twelve games, they were eleven and one. Um, I think they what cleared about three, three and a half games with best record in the, in yeah, the American in, League. Anyway. In the American League, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Them and the Mets. Them, them and the Mets. The two New York teams, right? Record. Mark, how are they doing it? Well, first of all, they're doing things that they haven't traditionally done, right? The top five in the in, in the league in major leagues in pitching ERA in ERA, they're right. Their top five in fielding percentage, which that's not unlike them. Usually, they're making a zillion errors at shortstop. They're, they're top five in fielding percentage, and and their top five, which is astonishing to me, in on base percentage, which means. They're not just living by the three-run home run and striking out. They're actually getting guys on base. They're actually, in, in, you know, they, they they brought in some different some blood different blood this year. They got the young kid, um, uh, Riza Ivan, the, the the second baseman, shortstop, the kid they got from Texas. He actually gets on base, steals bases, right? They got the kid LaCastro, Tim LaCastro, that they traded for. He's played a little bit here and there. He's actually putting the ball in play, stealing bases. Guys are actually getting on base. Judge and Rizzo are absolutely on fire. Yeah, two right? home runs the other night. Yeah. The home runs the other night. They're absolutely on fire. They each got like nine home runs, ten home runs apiece. Right? So, but they're actually doing things that they haven't done in the past. Okay? They're playing defense. They're getting pitching. They're getting on base. They, 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 they're causing havoc because they're all over the bases. They're getting singles, doubles. You know, they, they're not just playing for the strike out home run, strike out home run. And so so they're doing things that they haven't done. And 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 they, and I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I'm a little surprised because in spring training, you and I talked about this on air here, that 
they look like the same old Yankees to us. We thought it was going to be the same old Yankees, right? We said, ah, yeah. they didn't do anything. They didn't change the complexion of their lineup. Well, <laughs> I know it's only May, but right now we're wrong about that. You know, Cashman, I guess, did a better job than we thought he did. And Boone, I never thought I would say this. Thankfully, Boone, no analytics. He does his thing. And yeah. right now, I like what he's doing compared to these other idiots that are looking at notebooks. Well, he's let, he's letting guys pitch a little bit more. Yeah. He's letting guys go into the sixth. He's letting guys see the, the, the lineup three times through. When he gets to the third time through, he's he's feeling it, and he's letting some guys do that. As far as a small ball, you know, we I, I'm surprised by that too. We haven't seen that in, in and Hicks. Years. I forgot about Hicks. And, Hicks is getting doubles, singles. Yeah. Hicks is playing small ball and, for and, you, and, you know. Yeah, and he's putting the ball where he wants to put it. He's yeah. going opposite field. He's doing, and and you just haven't seen that. And and as far as the fielding. Yeah, I haven't seen that kind of. We haven't seen that kind of play since Jeter was here. Yeah, we haven't. Like they, they're really feeling well in that range, you know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, they're they're playing well. Is it sustainable? Well, I'll tell you this: Aaron Judge, he hasn't signed yet, right? No. So this is one of those NFL free agent sort of seasons for him, you know. So you're gonna see him look awesome this year. So those numbers go up by the end of the year. Wow. Yeah, that too, that too. But you know, he, you know, he's gonna get it. Yeah, I know. But it's like when you when you get that excitement in one person, then it kind of gets like a virus for the rest of the team. And Joe, that's a good point you brought up because Rizzo signed a two year contract with with the Yankees but he's going to play her opt-out at the end of the year. So he's having like a huge year too, to Joe's point. It's like a free agent year for him. If if Judge and Rizzo stay healthy, they're both going to hit probably 35, 40 home runs at least in that stadium. And 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 if Stanton stays healthy, they'll, they'll give you numbers. But it's the other guys that are doing those little things that they haven't done before, that if they can sustain that, they're going to be a tough, tough team to beat. It, the whole key with them is, is is staying healthy because they don't have a lot of depth, especially in the pitching rotation. They, they're going to stay healthy because they, they, they don't have a lot of filling guys, right? Well, because if they can do that, if they can stay healthy and then it gets to the trade deadline, now you can make a couple of moves for, for a couple of relief guys, some depth in that yep. bullpen. Yep. You know, maybe, maybe a fringe starter that you can maybe put in the bullpen Pitch him on a fourth guy if you needed to, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Mike King has been absolutely lights out, like unhittable out of the bullpen, actually unhittable, which, you know, and he's a guy who, who, who works out in the off season. He worked out in Rhode Island. He was, uh, he worked out at this place where my, my, one of my son's friends actually caught a bullpen session for him. Look at him scratching that. Two winters ago. Look at him scratching that nonsense on his face right okay, now. Okay, Joe. Joe, he's obsessed with the hair, Joe. Mark, Mark, you know what? You could scratch it. You could, Mark, for those of you listening on the radio, Mark's got this goatee beard thing going on. And, and it's like white. It's pretty much all gray, all white. Mark, you could scratch it till you're blue in the face. The white isn't coming out. You know, listen, it's starting to talk Red Sox, Joe. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of Rizzo, okay, you know the people in New England. All you good people out there in the nation are pissed off as hell that 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 Rizzo's not playing for the Red Sox, right, Mark? Well, but what, why? What's wrong with their first base situation? Yeah, they, well, have a, they have great first basemen. So let's talk about it because right now the Red Sox are are, are just in a plummeting free fall. You know, everything's yeah. not nothing's going right for them. No, nothing and is going soon, right. As soon Cora's Cora's like you say, Cora's managing off analytics. The team isn't. They're not really producing. Uh, run producing, like as far as small ball, moving guys around, you know, putting it down, get, moving runners over, things like that. They're not doing it. And the funny thing, Mark, is coming into the season, we all thought pitching will be the reason this is happening. It's not. No. That's, the, that's the least of the worries that's happening. Pitching, look, the other night, uh, who was it that, that, that pitched for them that went, he was going, I think he went five and a, five and a third, right? Waka. That's Walker, what yep, Walker. So watch it. Walker's pitching five and a third inning. And by the way, he's like fifth. He's like fifth in the league, right? In ERA, I'm pretty yep. sure. And so pitching's not the issue. And and and, and Cora coming out, pull him at, at five and a third. I mean, it worked. It worked out for them. The 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 nerd, the the dorks in the room with the books, you know, made out that game because they still shut them out and still won that game four to nothing. So the relief guys came in. So the analytics worked in that game. And that just gives those dorks more more ammunition to use it. But pitching's not the problem. First base is a problem, okay? And it's been a problem. They didn't do anything in the offseason to fix that. 
I think well, they fell in love with Dabak at the end of the year and what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So they let, you know, um, they let Schrauber go. And what do you got backing him up? Cordero? Yeah, that's a joke. And and the first base situation is they also have a, a, a supposedly a good prospect in the minor leagues who they believe will be ready to come up maybe July, August, August maybe for the stretch run. And if not, he'll definitely be ready for next year. So I, I don't think that Bloom was going to spend money on a first baseman knowing you got somebody coming up relatively soon that's going to be cheap money that you can plug in there. And to your point, though, I also think they did fall in love a little bit with Dahlbach at the end of the year last year. So I think he thought the combination of Dahlbach and this guy coming up, they're okay for now, which yeah, that, that and, was the mis- miscalculation. Well, you know, and and, and, you know? and the thing is, you talk about big big market teams always have a good first baseman. Yeah, okay? they, big they market do. teams always have a good first baseman. But Mark, and you out there, I want to hear from you in Heated Hotline on this. They're they're turning themselves into the Tampa Bay Rays. They're turning themselves into where Hein Bloom was before, into a small market team. But you can't fit that square peg into that round hole. Boston Red Sox are a big market team, and they're always going to be a big market team, whether you spend the money or not. But he's gearing this team the other way. We're talking about prospects right now. The first base prospect to come up at Oakland A style, fine. Okay? But you better and hit I it think, out of the park, But man. I think ownership has given him – Blanche to do that. I think they, they they put together a great eight, nine, ten years where they won several championships. And now I oh, think yeah. they're saying, okay, let's reset. Let's become a little bit more manageable with our money. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and, they, go, brought in a, and they, they brought in a guy that could do that. Let's go worry about the Pittsburgh Penguins, which they own. You know, right. That, that yeah. ownership group of the yeah. Red Sox owns the yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Two things. First, you brought you brought up Cora and you brought up the analytics. So, if the analytics for some reason aren't working, and and, they, and listen, they may balance themselves out. And a month from now, they may be on a twelve game winning streak, and Evan and Cora is doing his work, and we may be talking totally opposite. However, the problem with that book is when it's not working. How much knowledge does Cora have to throw the book in the garbage? And do this without the book to turn this team around. Can he do that? I, I don't know. So. Oh, see, I, don't, I think so. Because I don't know. Te- no, no, no. You haven't. The year they won the World Series, he had the iPad in front of him, and uh, he was on the iPad. So yeah, but I it wasn't nearly as much as this. No, but I'm going to disagree with you. I don't know. I don't know what happens when the book don't work. I don't know. I don't know. See, I think he's. Um, I think. I think he's doing himself an injustice by using the book. I think right. he's a good manager. Um, otherwise. I think yep. if he gave himself that shot, you'd see it. I think he's a good manager because he can relate to the players. He can build relationships with the players. And I think the players will will will, will leave it all on the field for him. And, and, and I respect that. But I want to see what happens if the book don't work. And my last piece is, you want to talk to analytics. This guy, Trevor Story, I think he's another Kyle Crawford. Okay? Yeah. You remember the Kyle Crawford was a yeah. bust. Yeah. Story, worst, contract, worst contract ever. Story, if you watch him can't cover the outside part of the plate. No. He can't. If you're right-handed, he's batting like 175 against right-handed pitching. He they throw the right they throw the slider. He can't cover the outside part of the plate. Last year with Colorado, we batted like 224 against right-handers. You want to talk about analytics. Maybe they should have thought of that before they brought him in here. On top of it, you brought up during the week to me, you don't think he wants to be here. You think he wanted to be in Texas and his agent screwed him. Because what happened is he's from that area, okay? And I know it long, but he's from that area. And he basically, the Rangers offered him a deal similar to what he got in Boston to play shortstop. Well, his management went back to them and highballed them. And they said, screw you, we're moving on. And they, they signed somebody else. And then he comes to Boston and has to play second base. So that whole first base, second base, right field is an issue. And that whole dynamic, we said it, Mark, before the season, you said it. That Bogart's story issue, that's going to rear its head, and it's maybe it already starting to. It is. So yep. good stuff, good stuff. Yankees versus Red Sox was presented by Special Sauce Podcast. What's your special sauce? Specialsaucepodcast.com. Guys, it's uh, it's time to get out of here. Uh, we you know, Another great week, guys. Thank you, and uh, thank you for joining us in the nation. And listen, get on. All our shows are up for you to watch, listen to. Get on. Get on Heated Hotline. Let us know what you think. And for all you moms out there, want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day. And for all you clowns out there, 
Take care of your moms. Do what you're supposed to do. Take your eyes off the damn Red Sox game, the Celtics game, and take care of your mother, okay? Because she takes care of you. So happy Mother's Day to all all of you. And uh, come back next week, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're going to talk NBA, NHL playoffs. I think think the Celtics will be the only one left. Uh, A little more baseball. But you know what? After we had some time to digest, we're going to talk our draft grades and where do they go from there, you Pats fans. So make sure... And again, heated hotline, let us know. We are Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. See you next Saturday.